You ready? Oh, I'm ready, Bobby. Okay, okay, let's go. Here's a question for you. Oh, here we go. How do you keep your beard and your moustache the same length at all times? I shave it. It's called a trimmer. You tr- you got a little trimmer. Is it like a little electric thing? It's the same thing I use to shave my head. But it has guards. Yeah. So I put the guards on and I trim it up. Because I just let mine grow out until it's like too itchy and then I just get rid of all of it. No, I, well, here's the thing. I've been debating shaving the whole thing off. I don't know if that's a good look for you, Bobby. Well, first off, don't be so damn offensive. Like, that might be a very good look for me. I might well, look. It might be. Oh, You'll I... probably look about 10 years younger. Well, that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm hoping to look, you know, recapture my youth. But you're not going to fool anyone, Bobby. Like, no one's going to look at you and actually think that you're 30 years old. Like, it's not happening, man. (laughs) What the (laughs) f*** is that? (laughs) I'm just saying. You don't know this. I do know this, Bobby. You don't know this. What is wrong with you, man? (laughs) There's There's no need to be so insulting. I'm just giving you advice, man. Well, I'm I'm giving you advice. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 84 of Nintendo Talk. I am Bobby, the Nintendo Guru, joined by my best friend in all the land, Mr. Toby Thornton. Bobby. I'm disappointed that you didn't welcome all the pets that are listening right now. You're welcoming ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. What about people's pets, man? Nobody cares about that. you got to be all-inclusive. I'm not. I don't care about pets. <laughs> I don't care about animals. I don't care about dogs and cats. We're not doing all that craziness. I'll be Dude, here for an hour, including everything. My dogs, they love listening to your sweet voice. Uh, only it Yoshi. soothes them. I, I only like Yoshi. Riley is a shepherd for the devil. Welcome Yoshi, then. Okay, well, welcome Yoshi. You feel better now? Very good, very good. I do. Yeah. Okay. Um, what an idiot. Anyway, so here we go, Toby. This is uh, this is this has been fun. This has been an interesting little thing that's going on here with with us shifting to Nintendo Talk. Threw some people off this week. Some people were just like, "Wait, wait, wait. Nintendo PlayStation's gone." I'm like. Yeah, but, it, I mean, we're still doing a show. It's just not... The title changed. It's like the fifth yeah. time we've changed the branding on the show. We're fine. The only thing that survives is Geek Outs. The names yeah. all change. The, <laughs> everything yeah, you should be used. You should be used to this by now. Yeah, exactly. It's like year, what, year four? We're changing up again. We're going to have a new podcast for the next year or so. And then we'll just... After that... No, nah, this should be the last one. Um... I think this one works. Knows, I think this one works best for us, honestly. Mm. Um, it's weird because we started out with the geek cast, and we yeah. were doing all geeky stuff, and then predominantly it just started to turn to Nintendo, mm-hmm. and then we we're like, okay, and then we changed it up after that, and it was like, okay, this kind of works, and then you know, now I feel it. Like al- it always comes back to Nintendo, doesn't it? Well, I, I feel like this is what we should have been doing like a long time ago, and Probably. we just kept and we just kept yeah. fighting it and pushing it off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like your love for me. You just keep pushing it away, and eventually you'll (laughs) realize... You keep forcing yourself on me, Bobby. (laughs) You love every second of it. Don't even try (laughs) it. Um, 
Which call? Let's uh, <laughs> let's kick this episode off like we do each and every episode with our geek outs. Geek out, 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 out. Okay, whatever that is. Uh, Toby, what are you geeking out about? Uh, I'm geeking out about ukulele and the impossible lair. And this kind of like went under the radar at E3. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it was in any conference. Maybe the PC one. I don't know, but. Uh, Platonic Games announced a sequel to Ukulele, kind of a spin-off. It's a totally different style of game. It's a 2D side-scrolling platformer. Yes. And it feels like this is the type of game that they should have made all along. Yeah. Um, It looks polished. It looks much tighter in design. Like, the reason I didn't like Ukulele, the levels were too wide, too big, and there wasn't really... Uh, a through line for the levels it was kind of like oh there's a random thing here and a random thing there didn't really feel like they were designed in an interesting way like mm. that led the player through it so yeah so i feel like this side scrolling ukulele is going to be way way better from what i've seen anyway they take a lot of cues from donkey kong country series yes. that uh, retro did and also some stuff from yoshi well they also uh, did it too rare also did it too well, yeah, um, but like more so tropical freeze that style of yeah. side scroller. But um, yeah, like it's looking very promising, and also I really like the overworld stuff because mm-hmm. so you got the the side scrolling levels that are just standard two D platforming action, lots of hidden secrets and all that. Yeah, but then when you come out of the level, there's like a a top down isometric viewpoint. And I love that sort of stuff. It yeah. reminds me kind of like Mario plus Rabbids mm-hmm. overworld. Yeah. And there's like little puzzles. Yeah, because it's also cha- interactive. It's just not an overworld. Exactly. Yeah, it's not just going from A to B. Like yeah. there's things that you do in the overworld that affect the levels. And I think each level has an alternate version. So an example they gave was in the overworld, you can cause a waterfall to come down and it floods one of the levels that you've already done. So when you go back in that level, there's water everywhere. So it kind of makes it adds replay value and changes the dynamic of the whole level. So um, I, I, I think know, I just think, it's I think pretty a, clever. I think a cool aspect to that as well is you can actually um, go right to the final level. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. The impossible layer is a bit like Breath of the Wild. You can go straight to the end of the game, but you're going to be ill-equipped. Like, unless you're, like, the most skilled gamer in the world, you're probably yeah. going to struggle. Yeah. And uh, I, I can't remember what you're saving, but there's, like, some some sort of creature at the end of each level that you save, and that somehow helps you in the impossible layer. It makes it easier. So cool. the more levels you complete, the easier it is it, to... I, too, felt like, yeah. when I watched this, I felt like this was, pro- like you said, this was probably what they should have led with. Um, I think they got all wrapped up in the hype of Banjo Kazooie, and yeah. you know. But those, uh, my honest opinion, man, Banjo One was really good. Donkey Kong Country or Donkey Kong Sixty Four was not that good at all. It was okay. It yeah. definitely wasn't on the same level as Banjo. Yeah, but um, Banjo Kazooie. But, but I wasn't. I quite, did you? Like it that? was. I liked it. It definitely wasn't as good as the original. Like Banjo Kazooie is is a stone cold classic. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like y- you work your way to that. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like when Rare originally started out, they didn't just jump into a 3D platformer. They did yeah. 
Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze side scrolling and then and when people and people are listening to me right now, those that don't know, this team was a team that originally was rare. It was one of the original teams of rare that worked on a lot of that stuff. And mm-hmm. uh so for me I feel like go back to what you know, go back to your wheelhouse and start up and, and build to that crescendo. Yeah. But you know, I'm 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 excited for this one. Um I was talking to Nick Militia when I was up there last week, and uh, we were we were discussing how during the demo it was broken. Was uh, it during the Treehouse Live? They were trying to show off stuff, and it was broken. And I was like, "Oh, this is not good." Yeah, like, that's not is, good, this man. This is not good. I didn't. I didn't know it was on Treehouse. I didn't. Yeah, didn't it was on Treehouse that. Live the third day. The third day, oh, what they right. did on Treehouse was they brought a lot of indie games in, which yeah. was kind of cool. What they did. Um, myself, I ain't geeking out about. Cadence of Hyrule. Um, really? Yeah, That's man. That's interesting. I, I got it the other day. Yeah. And I played for a level or two, and I was like, this is hot trash. I am not <laughs> I am not liking this at all. And then yeah. I believe I talked to, forget which person, I, I, thought, I think I talked to Jason Lacey. Mm. And we got to talking, and I was like, wow, this is actually really, really good, man. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm down for this. So... I went back and replayed it, and I was just like, I started just before we went live, before I called you, I was playing yeah. a couple levels, and I was like, now I'm starting to get the feel of it, and I'm yeah. starting to understand what I'm doing, and now all of a sudden, it's just like, the music just is really good. The music's really good, and it's it's got that, you know, old school, uh, yeah. you know, Zelda feel, but a, a new school flair to it, and you're like yeah. hopping around the levels and doing stuff, and it's like, it's really... <sighs> really cool see i love the look of the game i think the art direction is sublime oh it's amazing but i just feel like it's probably just not for me this style of game have you played it like, yet or no i've not played it i think you're mistaken it's, i think it's a little pricey it, and it's a little bit but i think they're paying for that license they know? are yeah although i would if i had it I'd probably want to play it in bed, mm-hmm. which means i have to have the volume down mm-hmm. so you can wear a pair of headphones know. I don't really do headphones in bed, well, but that's what Toby. You might want to. The thing is, like, if you can play that game, because it has the bar at the bottom, mm-hmm. but if you pay attention to the bar, you're not paying attention to the character movement. That's and... why you listen to the music and you do it to the beat. Exactly. That's what I, I feel like. My style of gaming, like, uh, I do spend. Toby, all I hear out of you it just, it is a bunch of excuses. There's friction this there, is man. So, dude, there's so many puzzles in it. It's so you, dude. I'm telling you. Oh, I don't know. It's so Maybe. You. It's so Have you, you streamed it? Are you going to stream it? Um, or? I could. I mean, I could stream it. See, I'd be interested in watching you play it. And then I'll... Because, you know, all I've seen really is review footage and trailer footage. Yeah. And... I like it, man. I think it's really, really good. Um, and it's not that long. You know what I mean? It's not super long. It's mm. But you can play as Link or you can play as Zelda. And I playing, do like that. I'm playing as Link right now. Um, and and going through, but like, like you said, dude, the level design, like let these guys make a proper Zelda game. Do you think? Oh my God, dude. Like, wow. The art style is amazing. What if if they remade A Link to the Past in that art style? Sign me up. Yeah. Sign me. I don't need HD. That is gorgeous. Cause that game, seriously, like you look at the, uh, the lizards and 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 like oh my god the goblins and oh so so awesome they really knocked it out the park in my opinion so we'll see 
Should you ready to do this thing, Toby? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready, okay. Bobby. So I'm ready. we're kicking off with Toby. And today's episode, we're basically taking five things that Toby wants to see in Breath of the Wild 2. Either carryovers from pr the previous game or changes to the previous game or just all new things that he would like to see in Breath of the Wild. Um, and then once his episode is done for the rest of this week, we will have all kinds of guests coming on. I got Donnie Reese from PSVG. I've got Mark Carabin coming on. I got Jason Lacey. I got Bill from Run Jump Stomp. Um, I have a few more people that I've reached out to, and I'm going to get them on as well. We definitely have one week lined up, possibly two. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm excited because this is, uh, I've done, I've done five of the, four, four of these already. Really good. So I'm excited to do yours, um, but you'll kick the week off. So yeah. let's go. What is your first thing that you want added or changed or different in Breath of the Wild 2? Right. Well, let me just say, this was so hard to get a list of five. Really? Because I've got, I've got like at least 14, 15 things Oh, okay. Well, we can go a little deeper. It's your episode. We can go, you know. I don't want to cheat because if everyone else did five. Everybody did five. I, I, I'll cheat just a little bit. Oh, I know you. It, you never can just summer. do what I tell you to do. So, <laughs> so like, number one mm -hmm. is, I, I guarantee that most of your other guests have said this, but we want old school dungeons back. Yeah. Yes. We Every, want... Everybody has said that, except for Mark yeah. Carabin. Mark Carabin's the um, so You know, they need to be designed with uh, specific objects in mind to navigate the puzzles mm -hmm. um within but also keep you know keeping the same physics style stuff from breath of the wild yeah so not going completely back to the old ways but introducing the old vibe of dungeons what that also means for me is there needs to be a water dungeon of and course part of course there does yeah and part of that means you're gonna have to be able to swim underwater a la Mario, where, well, where you go under and you have to resurface, or, or like any any other Zelda where you can swim underwater. Well, because you can't swim underwater in Breath of the Wild. Can you? Can what? What's all the games where you swim underwater? Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess. I never even realized. Skyward that. Sword. Well, I never played Skyward. I, I I just forgot about the other ones. But yeah, because um, that I don't know. It's kind of like a weird thing, like. That there's no nothing underwater, like, because you know you can have a lot of puzzles mm -hmm. involved with being underwater, like whether you've got hidden objects under there or chests or even just hidden passages under the water, and like I say, a whole water dungeon. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's just part of classic dungeons. You've got to have a water dungeon. Okay, I know a lot of people find that frustrating. Okay, but... so here's here's the question that I propose to people at this point. So what? What's the access point? How do you get to these dungeons? Are they just open for everybody? Is our shrines going? Like, what's your whole um, thought process for this? I feel I feel like there would need to be some like they couldn't just be open unless they were like extremely hidden. Like, if there was like one that's deep in a jungle or high up on a mountain top where no one ever goes, then it's feasible that that would just be open and you could just go up there and go in. 
But the whole object thing, like say you go into a dungeon, rather than picking up an item in there to solve the puzzles in the dungeon, perhaps the entrance is blocked by a puzzle that requires an item mm -hmm. that you can acquire at any time in the world. Because we don't want to, we don't wanna have the dungeons restricted to you've got to do them in a specific order we, yeah. st we still want to keep it open world and open choice yeah. like breath of the wild so maybe just something like locked behind specific items and stuff yeah um i the one thing that i threw out that i feel like would work is if you need so many shrine orbs to unlock yeah. a dungeon so in theory you need 10 shrine orbs to unlock a dungeon and once you get those 10 you can go to any dungeon and unlock it see i feel like that is linking um you know so, so the in the original breath of the world the shrine orbs let you upgrade your stamina or your health mm -hmm. so if you link that to being able to enter dungeons that's like you're almost saying that you're not strong enough or you're not worthy enough to enter this dungeon unless you've proven yourself elsewhere first. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that the proof should be... like The reason you're going into these dungeons is to rid them of an evil mm -hmm. or something like that. So why should you have to prove your strength if you're going to do that? Like There's some sort of story... Well, I'm not saying you have to prove your strength. It's an unlock feature. You're unlocking. Yeah, but they would need there would need to be a reason for it. I don't think it would just be some arbitrary. It's, I would. Be, well, I'm sure they could come up with a reason. Maybe your Sheikah slate's not powerful enough to unlock it, or something. Like maybe the orbs transcend into your Sheikah slate, and you're trying to. At I don't know. So, the so exact you need more answer. RAM in in your iPad. I, I, before you can I'm open just saying. I don't. <laughs> I just feel like if you are able to just access any at any time, it takes away from because I well, feel like that's the. What I, I feel like That's the shrines should still be there. And I yeah. feel like if the shrines are there and I, I don't know, I, I, there has to be, I, I just feel like we have to figure out a way to unlock See? them, but not make it where you go, just knock all eight, eight temples out. And maybe that's the answer. Maybe you just can go wherever you want to go and do whatever you want to do. See, I think one of the hardest things about breath of the wild is just navigating the world. Mm hmm. Like, there's a lot of high mountains that you can't climb early on unless you're really skilled at climbing mm -hmm. and you're good at finding those spots where you can rest. So if you hide them in extreme locations, like high up on a mountain, deep in a hidden jungle, underneath a, a huge lake, like in these hard-to-reach areas that require exploration. It's like, possible too, yeah. That's, that actually makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. I like that. I mean, I, I, I listen, I'm for the dungeons. I, I feel like the dungeons are an absolute must. Uh, it's the one thing that kind of was lacking. And I would love... Like, I almost feel like even if you did eliminate... Say you did eliminate the shrines completely. Yeah. And you created these dungeons. And yeah. it was a matter of like, hey, we're taking the elements of the shrines and building them within. Yeah. You know, like... The way I felt it was like the shrines were just so close to what a dungeon is some just of them fell are, short yeah some, some of them, are, of them are, are, are very long yeah. and very intricate like uh, I, I ran across one the other day that i totally missed the first yeah. time around and it was massive it was like the biggest shrine i've ever been in yeah and it did feel like a dungeon yeah 
but at the same time it didn't because it didn't have the look of a dungeon. Well, yeah. It was all that the same art style, the oh, same and walls. And that's just part of what it was. But but if they would have taken, in my opinion, right? So if you take some of what they were able to accomplish with the puzzle, like you make one room a puzzle room, and yeah. then you get through that room, and then there is, you take what they did with the trials of the Master Sword, where it was yeah. kind of a boss rush. So you're all on the same level. Maybe you do have some where you're going up and down and stuff, but like you go in, you, you take out this puzzle, you figure the puzzle out, and now you move on to the next yeah. room. And the next room yeah. is you have to battle some stuff, and then you finish that one, and you go back, and maybe the next room is you battle some stuff, yeah. and you go back to a puzzle. And like mm. that would, to me, would be... Because I felt like, honestly, the puzzles in Breath of the Wild were so amazing. So amazing. And, I mean, there was puzzles all over the world. You know, like, um, I mean, when you were looking for Kurok seeds, they were yeah. essentially little puzzles. Yep. At times. Sometimes it was just stupid stuff like trick shots. Yeah. And, but sometimes they were puzzles. You'd have to go and you'd see something, you're like, wait a minute, what is that? And you look at it, you're spinning, you're like, you're running around and you're trying to get a grasp on it. You're like, oh, I gotta grab this block and put it here and then it unlock yeah. and then boom. So there, there was puzzles abound in Breath of the Wild. I'm all for it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best things about Zelda games are the puzzles. So I'm, I'm all for dungeons in this thing. So, yeah, man. Um, what is your second thing? Uh, I want. To be able to upgrade weapons and armor. Okay. And so basically to do that, you would need to gather materials in the world, mm -hmm. which would encourage exploration, encourage foraging, and perhaps killing certain enemies. The, the monster parts they drop can be used to strengthen items that you've got. So we're not completely getting rid of the durability. You're just increasing it. Mm-hmm. So you might pick up a sword that you really love and it's not going to last forever. But if you work hard enough, you can strengthen it so it lasts a, a lot longer than it actually would. So some sort of upgradable system. Because you can upgrade your outfits yeah. in the game by going to fairy families. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So say you can do similar things for weapons with crafting materials. Yeah. I think that would be really, really interesting. That would be pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. That would be amazing mm. to be able to go in. and Because I was also, when I was talking to uh, Bill from Run, Jump, Stomp, and we were having a conversation, and I was like, I would like to be able to just fix weapons. Like, yeah. basically go in, and as you're saying, upgrade them, but maybe you're also fixing them and repairing them. And that allows some durability to them so they last longer and such. Yeah. Perhaps if you have enough of the right materials, you can go to a blacksmith yeah. and pay him to make you a weapon. Yeah, that would be pretty cool too. Yeah, that would that'd be, be really good. Because, you know, the amount of times you you like, oh, you know, I want to go to an icy area, but I've got no fire weapons. Mm. Like, say you could save up some stuff, go to a, you know... Uh, blacksmith and make make me a fire sword yeah. and that would just make that area better yeah it's pretty awesome yeah. uh okay your next next thing you want to do i want more customization options for your house oh yeah so originally you could buy a home and uh in hatano village right mm. and you could have the things on the walls where you can mount your weapons mm -hmm. That's basically all you can really do. Yeah, that's it. So I think it'd be great if you could upgrade your house, make it bigger, uh, you know, 
something else for you to spend rupees on mm-hmm. and save up for. Um, perhaps even crafting materials, you need to get a certain amount of wood and all of this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so like just being able to upgrade your house. Like maybe yeah. you can have uh, a training ground in your basement. Yeah. So we, you go into the basement, mm-hmm. and that in when you're in there, your weapons don't break. Yeah. So you can do whatever you like and practice using your weapons, but yeah. they're not going to break. That is, I remember when I found out the first time that you could buy a house, and I was like, oh my god, like I can really buy a house. I thought it was BS. Because there's, the thing with Breath of the Wild is there's all these little things that people would like drop and say. And I remember listening to the Warp Whistle podcast and Mark, like, because they're, they're trying to, like, beat around the bush. They're trying not to spoil the game for people. But Mark and Colin at the time were having this conversation. And Mark was like, he just said, like, did you buy your house? And Colin's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you buy a house. And he's like, no, you can't. And they're, like, kind of bickering back and forth because they didn't believe it. And then, like, next thing you know, boom. It's like, and, and Colin, I think, I think Colin's just like, well, dude, it's kind of spoilerish. Like, why are you telling people you can just buy a house? But then it was like, then I, I, I was like, I got done. I'm like, oh, my God, this is pretty. And I ran over. I went to work. As I was driving to work, I took I used to take my Switch every day. And on my lunch break, I would play for 30 minutes. And then I ran over there to go buy the house. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, it was so cool to have that. And then, like you said, I would go out and, like, try to find the coolest-looking weapons. And then, like, first thing I would do is go back to the house and plug them up on the wall just because it was so cool to have. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on it. That would be pretty pretty ingenious to be able to upgrade it. And I like the I like the idea, too, that you're saying about, like, you could go downstairs into the basement. What would be really cool is if they were able to, if you were able to use the Sheikah Slate to bring up these holographic images and fight things you've already seen maybe not beat but seen so like if you were struggling against a lionel you could go in and train against them to get better against them and then like go go battle and stuff that would be really cool actually i really like the idea that like like i said like the weapons can't break so perhaps when you're when you're in the basement maybe if you fight one of these apparitions or whatever maybe you can take damage yeah because it but if you get killed you wake up in your bed and it's yeah. like no no big deal like you know you just passed out or whatever yeah. so yeah the, so ba- that's, that's the baby's like losing her mind over there. yeah i know it's, <laughs> crazy. it's Again, okay great it's okay. great time in, it's uh, fine in. it's fine um what is your next thing um mm, See, this, this I feel, is going to be in Breath of the Wild 2, but okay. I do want it, so I'm going to have it on my list. I want more rideable mounts. Okay. So, I, I, don't, want just, I don't just want horses mm-hmm. and uh, deers and stuff. Like, I want there to be lots of different types of creatures that you can ride and tame. Mm-hmm. And also I want a way to call your mount from anywhere in the world. A bit like Twilight Princess, you had the little grass things that you could blow on. Mm-hmm. Cuz a, a problem I had with Breath of the Wild was even though I had horses, I was never able to call them like cuz your horse is never nearby. Yeah. So, you know, you go you can go to a stable and pick up your horse, but that's a pain in the butt. Like if I'm in a 
in the middle of nowhere. I just I want to be able to blow my whistle and my horse appears. Like this, it's so helpful that would be. Yeah. Like. yeah. Um, but yeah, like just stuff like that. Maybe even a a, a creature that can fly mm-hmm. would be cool. Maybe that would be. Hu- that would be kind of cool. That would yeah. Be cool. I watched yesterday. I was scrolling through Twitter, and this girl had jumped off um, a cliff, and I guess she was trying to land on one of the dragons. Yeah. And it was the electrical one. Yeah. <laughs> she hit it, and next thing you know, like she just gets shocked, and she's backflipping, and she hits it again. And then she flips, and it hits it again. And, fl- and all- she's working right all the way down the body. And every time she's like trying to get herself corrected, she hits it again and gets stuck, and he's getting electrocuted. Yeah. And then she lands in the water and dies because she's <laughs> she got like in the middle of a lake and she can't go to where her stamina is dead. It was pretty cool. I but- saw a dragon the other day when I was playing, and you don't see him that often. Yeah. And. I think it was the first time I've seen it since starting the game again, and it, it just felt magical. Like it throws you off, you, man. You just look up in the sky and you're like, "Whoa! Like, what yeah. is that? It's huge!" Yeah. And then you, you fire an arrow at it, and something flies off, and you're like, "Oh, it's so mysterious!" Like I remember the, I want more more stuff like that. The man. first time I saw one, I was way across, like I was in the field running across the field, and I looked and I was like, "What is that?" And I seen this red dragon kind of just like waving through the air. Yeah. Like, oh my god! And like you start running to it, but you don't realize like you're so far away, you're not gonna get to that thing. And then like a couple of times, like they would just come out of the nowhere, and I was like, "This is amazing, man!" Yeah. Like it's just unbelievable how cool they are. There's a the the I think the one you're talking about, the red one, is in like. The, it's where like an icy bit of the map meets mm-hmm. sort of a mountainous area. Yes. And I, and I was up there and I saw that red dragon flying through the sky and I was like, all right, come here. I want to shoot you and I'll get your scowl. And I was watching it and waiting and it was just going up and up and up. And I was like, all right, it'll come back down any minute now. And it just kept going up and up and up. And I was like, how tall is this world? Like, yeah. you know, you'd think you'd think that they'd hit the ceiling, but they just keep going, man. And you're like, <laughs> wow. The, the the ones that always the one I could never figure out is the electrical one, and it's in the mountain, and he just comes out of the mountain. Yeah. And like you're in the water, and next thing you know, like these electrical orbs are like floating down. It's like, oh my god, I gotta get out of water because yeah. this is gonna hit me and shock me in the water and kill me. Yeah. And I'm like. But it was those things are just like you said they're really magical. It'd be cool yeah. if you could find one of them and ride one of them, but I just don't see that. Like uh, Shadow of the Colossus style. Yeah, that's just amazing. Um, okay, what is your uh, what is your next one? Is this my final one? In theory, yeah, but we got time. We could probably bang out a couple okay. more after that. But uh, I want more of a focus on cooking. Okay. I really like cooking in Breath of the Wild, like trying out recipes and coming up with new stuff. Just sort of throwing stuff in and seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Um, but I want there to be more of like I want you to be able to have like a cookbook on your all times. So, okay. So like when you make something, it that recipe gets put in your book. Okay. And say you talk to someone in the world and they give you one of their recipes and then you learn a new thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's like because there is like in the. Uh, Gerudo town in the desert there is a cooking class that okay. no one's att- no one's attending but you can go in there and have a look around 
But like, if there was like a class where you could go and learn new recipes, yeah. I think that uh, there's just more potential to it because it's like a un- it's like a cool idea that they've got and it works. But I feel like it could be a lot deeper. If they had the cookbook, where let's say you made something, what would be cool about the cookbook is, let's say you walked up to something. If you've made something that's like really strong or whatever and you it's in your cookbook basically it'd be kind of cool if like the cookbook was like it was a quick access cookbook meaning it was easy to to make that again so if you made let's just say you made something like three steaks and some and and like a beetle and something whatever i don't know it's five items that you needed to make this super thing and it would be like lit up green in your cookbook if you have all the items and you can click it and then the book would close, but you would have all the items in your hand. And then mm. you could drop it back into the cook, cooking pot. That would yeah. be pretty cool because it would allow you to... Because, man, it was such a pain. I didn't sit there with an actual journal and journal. I know people that did. There was people that actually journaled what yeah. what made you get certain things. I did. I just was a crapshoot. I was just throwing stuff in. Yeah, yeah Whatever exactly worked, what whatever like. worked. Yeah. And then... Um, but it would never fail. Like something would be really good. I'm like, oh my god, what did I have in there? Yeah, and I was trying to refine it, and and it was just never as powerful as the one before it. And I was like, ugh. So it would be kind of cool if they did do that. If they had a cookbook that allowed you to like just access and do things better, that'd be yeah. that'd be pretty cool. Um, we got time. G- give me an- give me another one. Um, all right. Here's here's an idea. A thought that I had be- just before we started is. Kind of inspired a little bit by Death Stranding, okay. right? So, if Link had the opportunity to put a stake in the ground or like somehow have a rope hanging off of something, so you could leap off the side of a cliff and swing on a rope, Ooh. and then you could let go of the rope and then just fly away with your glider. Like, that is kind of cool. Like, just a new way to traverse terrain. That is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I I would, yeah, that would be. That's interesting. I like. Also, it could just be fun to mess around with. Yeah, just to play. I mean, because you think about it, like that was the cool one of the coolest things about Breath of the Wild. Like the after you got past like month two and month three, and you would see all these videos on on Twitter of people just doing crazy things, like the fast travel system that these speedrunners made up. Where they would use stasis and like yeah. hit a boulder, jump on the boulder at the last second, hang on to it, and then get shot across the world. And like, I think I saw one one time where it was like, I think a Valentine's Day meme, where you like you see this love scene between Zelda and whatever, and then like next thing you know, this guy like hits this thing and he flies off and he lands in the castle. Or not in the yeah. castle, but like it. And like it's supposed to be this thing where he was so in love that he wanted to go to her quickly. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of funny how they did that stuff. But like even like the, the snowboarding and stuff. Like I love snowboarding. Yeah, shield surfing. Shield yeah. surfing, like dude, that stuff was just really really cool. How they did that stuff. If you could shield surf down a mountain, mm-hmm. throw your rope up to something, and then mm-hmm. swing across a gap, like oh, that'd be awesome. Because, like, um, you know, in Wind Waker, you've got the hook rope, mm-hmm. and you can hook it onto things and just swing. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, just finding, like, some rock formation that has got, like, a almost like an archway 
and you could just jump off the top and just sort of bungee and swing through the arch. Yeah, like, man. That would be cool. Just silly stuff like that would be so fun. That would be pretty epic. Seriously. Yeah. Um, give me give me one more. Mm. So, kind of inspired by the trailer of Breath of the Wild 2. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, how could they reuse the world for a sequel mm-hmm. and make it interesting? Why don't they just do a, pull, a, pull a link to the past and have a Golden Land Dark World version of Hyrule? Yeah. So it bring back the Magic Mirror and the Moon Pearl mm-hmm. and be able to transfer between these two dimensions and the world is just different. Like, it's got a totally different palette like everything is a totally different color and it's all creepy and cool and just like shimmering gold grass or whatever like just go crazy and have it real dark and creepy at the same time like all the trees are like black and craggy looking and yeah i think they could do some really interesting stuff a bit like twilight realm stuff as well see i here's my feeling on all this right now i want because I feel like Breath of the Wild 1 is a lot like Zelda 1. So what I want is I want Zelda 2. I want it to be a playoff of Zelda 2. And then I want it, I want this to become a trilogy. I want a third part that is like Link to the Past. Yeah. And they basically take that and they do the dark world and the light world and all that stuff. Because to me, that would be just really cool to have these different, yeah. you know open world iterations of these classic games like i felt like zelda one was a good game what i liked about zelda 2 was the storyline and the plot behind it so i would love for them to lean into that plot for zelda 2 and then for zelda 3 um or breath of the wild 3 go to like link to the past and kind of use the light world so you start the game off and you think like hey we're just going to do one of these training missions and you go out and next thing you know, boom, it's this battle that ensues and then you're yeah. you're thrust into this whole thing where, or maybe it's a situation where, you know, you go, you wake up in the middle of the night, stormy night, and you're getting these premonitions from Zelda and you go to find her and then boom, that whole sequence kind of kicks off of what it was and then Algorum or whatever the heck his name is, that wizard, Agonim. Agonim yeah. takes her yeah. and, and, and you know, throws her into this d- weird dimension. And then you realize there's a light in a dark world. Because that was kind of cool, man. That whole that whole aspect of, you know, it'd be kind of cool, too, until you get the, uh, what is it, the, the moon pearl. You're running around yeah. with a rabbit's head and stuff. And you're like, yeah. this, you know, that game was way ahead of its time, I think. And I like the idea of utilizing both worlds a light and a dark and you're you're trying to do all this stuff and because i feel like that's what i want out of dungeons i want to go get the triforce i want to go back and do the triforce run so because we haven't done that we haven't done that in a long time like the triforce no no so was it uh wind waker maybe but that was like a makeshift one that really wasn't even like a true like you need to go find the eight pieces of the triforce yeah. rebuild it and then go fight Ganon or, or whatever or nine pieces or whatever and then you go fight Ganon like I want that again I want that feel yeah. again so um okay so before I don't want to go into too many more that you have at this moment but I want to I just want to throw some questions at you because this yep. is a question that I want everybody to answer 
and I want to know what they think and where their minds are set with this. Breath of the Wild 2, when does it launch? Uh, it launches November 2020. You really think it's going to be next year? I guarantee it. Why? Okay, so why do you feel like it's 2020 game? Because they wrapped up the original game, 2017, mm-hmm. and they've had a couple of years to work on it. Uh, they've showed a trailer off. I don't think they're going to drag it out like they did the original. Mm-hmm. I think they learned a lot, of, a lot, a lot of lessons from that. It's the same engine. They had a lot of ideas already. I just don't think it's going to be as much work. So as... your mindset is they've been working on this for a couple of years. Yes. Okay. And they've got the added bonus of the original artwork is already there. The original engine is already there. They're just going to build build on that. And I feel like that that's going to save them so much time. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable amounts of time. See, part of me thinks... I really think it's going to be March of 2021. That's my feeling. Like, I, a, I mean, like they, an anniversary release? Not really an anniversary release, but like I feel like it, it was it did so well for them yeah. in March that it just makes sense that they would go back to that, you know, to rekindle that again. But I don't know. Who who knows? I It'd be amazing. I'm not going to lie. It'd be amazing if I got Animal Crossing and Breath of the Wild 2 in the same year. When they... Traditionally, consoles elders come out once a generation. Yeah. Uh, Twilight Princess was cross-generation, so Skyward Sword came out on the same console. But I feel like it's it's all about reusing the art assets in the engine. Like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, very short development time there. one year and and i feel like just that's going to help out again it's not going to be a one-year turnaround it's going to be a three or four year turnaround instead of a five-year turnaround but probably i reckon it'll be a three-year turnaround that's what i reckon that's interesting i mean i because my feeling is is they haven't been working on this for two years my feeling this is what i my my vibe is is that they they finished Breath of the Wild. They started to work on the DLC that we got. Then I think they started to work on an expansion at that point. So, I mean, I guess you're looking at... Maybe it's close to two years, but I just don't know. It's hard to say. Um, and, by the way, I mean, he's, he's already admitted that this is kind of pulled from some DLC. Yeah. So, there are too many ideas for DLC to yeah, fit in. To fit into yeah. it, to, to just to do one expansion. Yeah. Um, man, this is tough. This is tough. Although, I will say, there, there's a lot to live up to. Like, yeah. they need to make it worthwhile. Like, they can't just do a half ass sequel. Like, they need to put their all into it. Because that's what people expect from Zelda. Yeah. Like, they, they don't want just an iteration they want they want to be something that's they, mind-blowing yeah breath of the wild one was game of the year they did they had generation man they, they, but i'm just saying like it won game of the year yeah so it has a lot to live up to yeah it's not just going to live off the name the name isn't going to get them another you know game of the year award they have to take what they did and accomplished in the first one and ramp it up 
So, mm-hmm. and I think if anybody knows that, that's Alnuma. I trust yeah. him enough to go, he's not going to half-ass this. His name is on the line. He he takes pride in that series. Yeah. So if anybody was going to take that franchise away from Miyamoto, he was the perfect person because he takes as much pride in his games as Miyamoto did. So I, here's here's a fly in the ointment though. Mm-hmm. Um, Mario Maker. Okay. So Mario Maker one what was that 2015 yeah. that came out, mm. and Mario Maker two is a very, very, very similar game to Mario Maker 1. Yeah. In fact, it's so similar that you'd think you could turn that around in just a year. Mm-hmm. But it's coming out much later than a year later. So Yeah, but that game, but that, I think it's a totally different... You're talking different animals. You're talking different animal, animals there. I think Mario Maker 2 was basically predicated upon we just got to find the right spot to drop it in in the launch. You know, we have we had a very full first year, and then yeah. I also think they had to figure out in terms of like how do we how do we make the uh, the level design work, like the level yeah, building. Yeah, I suppose. Work. I'm, I'm I'm sure there was more to it. Plus, they also did add the 3D world into it. I I don't know. I don't even consider the two to be close in in what in terms of what they did because Breath of the Wild is, knows, a, is a Mario Maker is not a game of the year contender. So let's, I, let's, I still think 2020. I'm still going November 2020. See, and I think they're going to want to... I would like them to take whatever they have and just push back a little bit and just take their time. Like, make sure that this game is extremely polished. Now, I, I know that I've looked at some side-by-side comparisons of the original Breath of the Wild against what uh, what this is. Yeah. They've definitely taken it serious. In terms of like the shadowing, it looks better. It looks more crisp. Now I'm wondering yeah. if because Breath of the Wild One was basically a port, if yeah. building a game for the Switch, they're actually able to do a lot more that they weren't able I think to do so. in the original. So yeah, that's kind of so. ultimately a good, good thing, you know. Um, Try to think. So you played Red Dead Redemption Two, right? For a bit. Okay, so he compares, or he he basically says they they got some ideas from that for this game. What? Oh yeah, that... they because they they are, I think in that interview you're referring to, they said, uh, "What inspires your development?" Yeah, and he said they got some inspiration team. from. Well, I think he's the words were. Some of my team members have been playing games like Red Dead Redemption 2. It okay. didn't say specifically Did it's inspired by, but, okay. but obviously the games they're playing will inspire them. So, yeah, yeah. um, I really hope that's not the case because <laughs> I think people that saying it, that talk to Red Dead Redemption 2, as kind of breathtaking as that game is, mm-hmm. it's it, it's not in a fun way, yeah, it's like artistic achievement. Technical achievement, storyline is all phenomenal in that game, mm-hmm. but the fun factor of that game just isn't there. Like, not in any way that I want to enjoy a game anyway. Yeah. So I hope that they pull the elements that I mentioned and not the game, any of the gameplay elements over. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be like realistic slow movement like that. I reckon it's all going to feel and play the same as the original breath of the wild but if anything they might just 
liven up the towns, make the towns people yeah. live more believable lives, like give each person a daily routine. Yeah. Like just take that a little bit further than they did in the original. Just make everything, the world itself, feel a bit more alive. Timeline wise, where do you think this falls into place from Breath of the Wild 1? Like, how long after that game do you think we're, we're set in it? I feel like it's not like the day after, because from the trailer, like, they both characters, Link and Zelda, have got a different look. They've got, like, Zelda's got short hair, she's got different clothes. Mm. I mean, Link looks fairly similar, but I, I feel like. It's at least a year or two later, like, you know, things have settled down a bit and now there's a new threat. But I don't think it's going to be hundreds of years later and I don't think it's going to be, like, immediately, like, like after. Last thing I want to ask you before we, before we end this. What do you think in your heart yeah. is the plot? From watching the trailer, what's your what do you think the plot line is going to work? Um... I like the theory that Ganondorf was sealed under the castle the whole time and it was kind of his spirit or his energy that was trying to break free and that's what Calamity Ganon was like it was his energy um, but since they eradicated that in the original Breath of the Wild now it's like his body is ready <laughs> you know oh. this is this is like this isn't just the spirit of Ganondorf. He is actually coming back himself. Like, and that's what it's going to be like. Maybe, I don't know what would cause it, but he gets his power back. He turns back into real Ganondorf and seizes the trifles. Like you say, it's kind of like a link to the past in that now it's like he's, he's changed the land into from the golden land, like into the bad version, like yeah. the dark world. That would be like, kind of cool, kind of like a yeah. Thanos type thing, where he's got yeah. the, he's got it, and now it's let's do this thing where we eradicate the world, kind of or do something yeah. evil to the world. Um, so maybe like if he does take over the world, that's why the dungeons appear because he's like making these evil layers and everything. Like, or it could have been not even that. It could have been where the dungeons were underground. They yeah. were they were a system put into place. To protect Hyrule, so yeah. if there was a day that Ganon got, what's what's he get the Triforce of Power, right? Yeah. Uh, when he gets the Triforce of Power, that the Triforce of Strength was broken up and put it, and that's Link's job is to reassemble that. Yeah, I'd be, him. I'd be so down for oh, that. Oh man, yeah. people be, I'd be losing my mind, man. If the final battle was like, a, like Twilight Princess, the Link versus Ganondorf, Mano El Mano, like, yeah. A little bit of help from Zelda as well, then sweet. Like, yeah. that's just a dream. <laughs> yeah. So that is all. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Nintendo Talk. Uh, this special episode will air Monday. If you're listening to it, you're hearing it Monday. But then remember, we got a whole bunch of people coming in with the same topic. Toby kicks it off, and then the rest of the crew come in, and we just have a lot of fun with this. Going to be a blast. Uh, I'm, you're going to want to listen to these other episodes because I've already recorded them. And so far, what we have is just phenomenal people giving some amazing ideas. I think everybody's going to love it. So uh, I'm excited. It's going to be great, dude. You're going to love yeah. it. So maybe what we'll do is next week, yeah. if you've listened to some, yeah. we, we, re we revisit this. 
and you kind of like talk about what you liked about other people's ideas and stuff and yeah we, we that kinda, sounds we cool man. roll out a little bit because if i do do two weeks i don't want to break it up with a regular episode of us so maybe we try to extend a little bit so we'll we'll talk about that later but yeah i like um, it so you can follow toby over on twitter at toby's underscore take you can follow me over on twitter at nintendo gurus that is all uh peace out preston i am the one who games <laughs> I can't even tell you that Sean was trying to remember what you said so he could, <laughs> he could repeat it. <laughs>